Warning! This show contains adult themes and language, including an Amazon gift card if you leave a good review. Disevidentia is an inability to reliably process evidence, and this is a podcast all about it. This episode was released on September 29th, 2021, and we are discussing disevidentia because it is clear millions of people who can't check sources are suffering from it. I am Mako. And I am Squeaky. We discussed logic and evidence because we stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Which is actually a better qualification than some of the sources we cite later in this episode. You can support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash If you spent all of your money creating a misinformation web ring, you can like, subscribe, and leave a review to help us out. If you have a paper you've written and you'd like to share, let us know. You can reach us through all the ways described on the about page at disevidentia.com. You can email us at contact at disevidentia.com. On Reddit, we're at r slash disevidentia. We are on Twitter at disevidentia. We do have a Discord, but we'll leave a link in the show notes. The link is complicated. Today, we're going to discuss a bunch of misinformation. And we share a testimonial from someone too close to real disevidentia. But first, I'm going on a rant. If you already spent all of your money on a misinformation web ring... If you already spent all of your money on a misinformation web ring, you can web ring. It's not a word I've ever said out loud. I've always typed it. Billy Glenn Willett and Terry Wingate, you two are assholes who talk to me publicly using those names on social media. You bitched and moaned about censorship. And you did it while trying to give out advice that would kill people. Fuck off. You don't have a right to post on LinkedIn, Twitter, or any other social platform made by a private company. They are private platforms owned by private people. You post there at their leisure. Freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences. It is only freedom from government consequences. To compound this, knowing how nearly all COVID conspiracy theorists are right-leaning, you probably supported things like the cake shop cutting out gay customers. This means you're probably hypocrites too. You want exclusion for others, but not for yourself. You still have freedom of speech. Go build your own website or newspaper, and leave out the messages from scientists. That is legal. But please, stop being entitled children. No one owes you a spot on their platform they built. And they are correct and proper to block you when you use their platform to hurt people. Now, to the normal audience. These people clearly don't understand this. But we, you and I, are the product on a social media site. That is how all social media works. They sell your data and sell ads to put in front of your eyes. These places don't want a crappy product, so they block the most harmful misinformation. These whiners were wrong about COVID, and all the scientists agree with vaccines and mask use. I hope you got something useful out of this. I can see how someone might disagree with me, but I won't tolerate that disagreement when it is only used to shield words that will immediately kill people. Let's discuss it in the abstract, and preferably while understanding that not being allowed to shout fire in a crowded theater is already a restriction we accept on our free speech. I'm in for some fucking editing. Uh, I think we might just end up using mine, maybe. Assuming I don't do the same thing. You can support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash disevidentia. If you spent all your money on a misinformation, it's like a fucking piece of fuck. Uh, okay. 
For the first time in a long time, we don't have any corrections that we're aware of. Oh, I'm sure we fucked up. We just, yeah. was it been like 10 episodes? You know what? We'll correct it next episode. Somebody will go back and check and let us know, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I just expect to fuck up somehow every episode. And it's just, okay, well, yeah, that's uh, something was missed. Good to know. <laughs> I like how you politely take that on to yourself as if I'm not the person generating the vast majority of the corrections. It's a team effort. We do have a little bit of news, though. Mm -hmm. We announced the winners for our flash drive contest. Uh, I asked them for permission to use their first name. Uh, we have Abdul Karim from Lebanon, Maria from Spain, Edgar from Germany, and Cyan from India. I've already notified all of them and gotten in touch with them. They all got back really fast, and I shipped off all the flash drives. So uh, congratulations, guys and gals or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that flash drive was giveaway was uh, pretty successful for us, so we're pretty confident we're going to be doing it again in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, we're trying to... Uh, work up some masks mm -hmm. we're trying to work up some fabric masks we're seeing if we, if we can't get our logo on some fabric and we've got a mask maker yeah we want to try to add more things to the pot so to speak we also didn't go through all of our flash drives so if anyone's interested in those let us know they are really nice and I've had uh, one on my keys since we got them in from the uh, original manufacturer. They are really nice and they're super durable. So yep. I've been banging mine around and dropping it on the ground and shit. I even dropped it at the post office when I was mailing the flash drives to the people who won. And somebody else pointed it out and picked it up off the ground and handed it to me while I'm sitting in my car. Oh, it's actually a little bit remarkable that they spotted it with how small they are. Yeah, I'm distinct looking. <laughs> it was a bright day and it was shiny. They were staring at me like, what's this fucker doing? I had a ridiculous mask with a, a cat and avocado toast to on it. To be clear, I'm not surprised that they spotted you, just the flash drive. Oh, yeah, it was tiny. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Must have just hit the light just the right way and reflected right in their face or something. I don't <laughs> know. One thing we haven't been very good at mentioning, at least here on the podcast, is the ways to get a hold of us. Yep. We have, we started out kind of small, not very many ways to get a hold of us, but we have expanded that a bit and we're being more attentive to some of those methods as well. Yeah. So we're going to try to say it in the intro from every episode from now on, but if you haven't caught it, there's our Discord. The link is really obnoxious, so we'll make sure we put it in the show notes, but it's always up at disevidentia.com on the about page. Mm-hmm. It's also Reddit. If you go to reddit.com slash r slash disevidentia, you'll get to our subreddit. If you're not on Reddit, best not go there. It's kind of toxic. Yeah. But if you are on Reddit, we're one of the less toxic places. It's an acquired taste. Did you just compare Reddit to like salt and vinegar chips? Maybe. Or Limeade. Limeade. I would definitely describe Limeade as an acquired taste. I like Limeade more than Reddit. That's fair. But I'm not addicted to Limeade. Damn. <laughs> on Twitter, we're at disevidentia. Mostly we use it for announcing where uh, when an episode's coming out or if we're doing research and we want to get like testimonials from people or things like that. But if you have a suggestion or anything, that's a great way to hit us up. I, I look through all the notifications. And then finally, our email, contact at disevidentia.com. Me or Mako will read every single email and we'll respond to some of them. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> our most common email so far has been uh, people leaving YouTube comments. So I guess that's a way to get a hold of us too. We're on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, but the link is also ridiculous and terrible. So I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's everything for our meta. That was pretty quick. Quick and easy. On to the COVID minute. Yep. Looks like you have your new computer from ABK Customs. Yeah, it's pretty damn fast. Hold up. What is that? It looks like a map. Uh, almost. It's computing all the ways that Flat Earth is correct. 
I'm sorry, the fuck did you just say? Remember that machine learning research and that artificial stupidity we made? Uh, we? No, don't put my name on this. Eh, details. You're a father now. Fuck. After all that machine learning research, I figured that we might understand flat earthers better if we could simulate advanced stupid. Advanced stupid? Like all those jokes that talk about building a better idiot? And with this faster computer, we might get a faster and better artificial stupidity. If that's what you are after, why not just put your brain into the machine? Was that an option? Well, you could have asked the experts at ABK Customs when you ordered the computer. Okay, let me go to abk-kustomz.com and get back in touch with that expert who helped me get the right stuff. Don't forget to use the code EVIDENCE for 10% off. The expert says brain scanners aren't real. Well, they're the experts. He also just explained that this was an insult. That you needed it explained suggests you are a bit advanced yourself. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun to edit. Okay, so what's new in COVID? Well, a few things. Pfizer has announced that its vaccine is safe and effective for children's 5 to 11. Is this just uh, their own numbers or is this some third party study or this isn't approval by the FDA, is no, it? No, 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 it's not. This is they have just said that they have information that uh, indicates that it is safe and effective for them. But this is not FDA approval. This is not this doesn't mean that tomorrow you can go out and get your kid vaccinated. It's just it's another step on the way to getting better coverage for everybody. Makes sense. I'm sure some conspiracy theorist is going to take the most nefarious take and claim that Pfizer has been experimenting on children the whole time and it's a cover for the deep state to harvest your child's adrenochrome or something. Something like that, I'm sure. Okay. In other related news, uh, there's been research announcements from all three of the major U.S. vaccine manufacturers, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. They're all discussing booster shots. Pfizer actually got approved for people over 65 mm -hmm. and certain immune-compromised people. The Moderna and J&J &J boosters, they're not approved yet, but all of them in clinical studies are showing promise, and they're showing to not be harmful when used as a booster. So I don't know if our future is going to include this or not, but it doesn't look like it will include, you know, six to eight month boosters, but might include a yearly booster shot. Yeah, that was something that we did cover when one of our previous episodes talked about the possibility of waning vaccine efficacy and the need for boosters. Yeah, we were super worried in that previous episode. We'll have to dig up which show that was, but we were super worried that it was going to like wear off after like three or four months. And there is information in one of the articles I linked, and I have three articles, one for each of the different boosters. I have an MSN article for Moderna, CNET for Pfizer, and another CNET article for J&J. &J. But in the CNET one for Pfizer, uh, there's some information from Israel showing that the vaccination effectiveness does reduce after six to eight months. But yeah. It reduces from like 80% to 70%. So it's still really good. Well, the, the information is more detailed than that. And all of this we did cover in the previous episode. The six yeah. months is what I remember us talking about specifically because of Israel. And the demographics, it changed quite a bit. Like the for people that are 65 and older, it actually dropped by more than 10%. Oh, so that might be why they're aiming at this uh, more elderly group. They're both more at risk and the vaccine tapers off faster. Yes, it oh. seems. Anyway. So it's like medical experts are using evidence to make decisions. Yes. Goodness. They do that sometimes. Uh, apparently, also, booster shots make sense in cases of breakthrough infections. Mm -hmm. And I linked to a source here, uh, the University of Reno. I just I wasn't sure what they meant by breakthrough infections. But I guess breakthrough infections is anytime someone gets 
COVID bad enough to to the point where it gets reported, like at a hospital, and they are uh, already vaccinated. So I guess in some situations when it's mild and they're not in the ICU yet, you can give them a booster then, apparently. Or to give a booster to people who are near, who've been exposed to someone who's had a breakthrough infection, because you're not sure if this is a new variant yet. So if you can make someone more likely to repel a new variant, because the variants are more likely to work around the vaccine, but not guaranteed to, and the vaccines are most effective shortly after they've been administered, because right, they wear off, at, or they reduce in efficacy after six months, yep. then you can minimize the chance of you know a variant that's in one person from breaking out and becoming the next news story. Yep. So I'll leave a link to that. There's a ton of information for all three of these. And your uh, Pfizer news being safe and effective for kids comes from uh, NBCNews.com, and you have, we, we'll leave a link for that too. Oh, what's this? So this is a last minute story that I managed to stumble upon before I stopped collecting news sources for COVID stuff. It is particularly bad. So Florida has a new state surgeon general. Did Florida get confused and put a military general in charge of surgery? Uh, I don't know. Just if Florida comes up in health news, it hasn't been good recently. No, it's definitely not good. I don't know if this guy has any military background. I don't think so. But it didn't really come up in the article, from what I recall. But uh, Joseph Ladapo, Ladapo, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that last name because I'm bad at this and I apologize. Let's just call him Joey L. Sure, Joey L. <laughs> so Lil Joey L is the new Florida Surgeon General. And he... okay, so first of all, DeSantis said that he feels that Joey L is the perfect man for the job. So right there, right there, you have to raise an eyebrow. Because DeSantis has ranged from denying COVID exists to opposing vaccines to now at least he's kind of acknowledging vaccines are good, but opposing mandates. Is not just opposing mandates in like the intuitive way you might infer that where you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to pass a statewide ban on mask mandates. No, no. He's gone to the point where he has threatened schools because they want their own mask mandates. Like he's, yeah, he's threatened to pull funding. Yeah. OK. He's anti-mask, like in the, the purest sense of that word. And it's like, holy shit. Like, going out of his way, exhausting his resources to ensure that nobody wears masks wherever he can is alarmingly aggressive. And everybody that likes to talk about government overreach should be freaking out about this. Yeah, so he's at cartoon levels of villainy. He's getting people killed. Yeah, so anyway, that guy feels that Joey L. is the best candidate for being the state surgeon general. So you have to raise an eyebrow. And there's some very questionable things that he has said and done. Like, he says that the Florida state of Florida will promote good health through all kinds of means. And he does mention vaccines. So he's not saying that vaccines have no part in addressing COVID-19, which is good. But he puts them on the same level as diet and exercise for preventing COVID-19. What is it with Republicans claiming diet and exercise will fix everything? It just just can't. I want to get a chart that correlates Republicanism with being overweight. You know what? I'm going to Google that. Do it. Okay, I've got a chart of obesity by county. The Bible Belt is bright red. Colorado is white. It is the least obese state. Texas is pretty red. You know what? The East Coast, all the big cities, California, they're all, they're all white. It is indeed red states are fatter than blue states. What a shocker. Anyway. <sighs> 
So when specifically addressing vaccines, he did say that they are not anything special compared to the rest of the measures. So apparently this guy does not believe any of the numbers regarding the likelihood of a vaccinated person versus an unvaccinated person going to the ER for COVID, among other things. Like he just, you have to flat deny that fact in order to get there. And that's pretty alarming for somebody being appointed to his position, especially when it's coming from somebody that has as much uh, educational background as he does. Like he's a MD, PhD. So people are going to see this guy and they're going to treat him like he's a meaningful authority and he is denying facts. That's disgusting. As far as as far as previous things that he's done, that's also questionable. He wrote an op-ed in the New York Daily Times promoting hydroxychloroquine as a COVID-19 treatment. And, uh, yeah. I just wish we knew what the big connection here was. I'm sure we're going to learn that, like, Trump invested in some hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin factory or some nonsense and he's been pushing it or or some republican that actually knows what the fuck they're doing like mitch mcconnell has stock in some company that makes these you know unpatented medicines he also appeared with and praised america's frontline doctors which is a pro-trump group known for spreading covid19 misinformation <sighs> okay so desantis pr- put forward a guy who's pushing hydroxychlor does does uh, joey l also push ivermectin uh, not that was stated in the article i did not go much deeper because this was just before okay. we started recording so he has put forward a guy that puts diet and exercise on the same level as preventing covid with a vaccine as vaccines yeah. and this guy also just ignores real evidence and says hydroxychloroquine helps with covid yes he thinks it is or has stated he thought it was a valid treatment the- Okay, so this guy's going to get people killed, presumably for some profit motive. Not that we have any evidence of that, but there's no reason for a doctor to be pushing hydroxychloroquine other than they stand to gain money somehow. Yep. Great. Great. Anything else on Joey L? Because uh, I forgot something on those breakthrough infections I wanted to discuss. I'm sure there is, but that's all from that source. Okay. So on breakthrough infections, I know I've been talking to a lot of people who say that they say shit like that if the vaccines aren't 100 percent effective then why are we using them wow yeah this is pretty common like i had this argument today okay just look through my linkedin feed is nonsense and so many very poorly informed people so i keep going back to the whole seatbelt example and it was from last episode we brought it up nobody seriously argues that seatbelts aren't effective but they're way less effective than any of the COVID vaccines. 90% of people in this country wear seatbelts, but that 10% that don't is where half of all of the car accident deaths come from. COVID vaccines are more like 99% of the deaths come from the whatever percentage is unvaccinated, and our most vaccinated states are up at like 70%, and our worst vaccinated state, Idaho, is at 40%. So 99% of our deaths are coming from this smaller portion. (sighs) It hurts. Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And, uh... We got some comments that people like Mako's take on reinterpreting what misinformed people are saying. Apparently people like me angry. So I'm going to poke you a little bit. I've got some quotes here from actual, well, I've adjusted them, so I'm not uniquely identifying any vaxxer, but this is genuine sentiment from real anti-vaxxers, real anti-maskers. Yep. You ready? As ready as I'm going to be, I guess. So what they say. The establishment says the vaccine is safe, but they can't know the long-term effects. 
What I hear is, I'm too stupid to understand the bounds of actionable knowledge in this domain. COVID has real short-term complications that can be mitigated right now. I don't know if you're as angry as you could be. I'm, uh, I guess I'll keep poking. Uh, what they say. The propaganda machine wants me to take the vaccine. <sighs> what I hear. Daddy Trump told me to not take the vaccine. Scientists are not propaganda machines. There is an actual propaganda machine telling you to not take the vaccine. Why wouldn't Daddy Trump want me to be safe? <laughs> he doesn't give a fucking shit. He will kill you for a fucking nickel. How? But but I'm going to overthrow the uh, the capital for him. And, You're not going to do shit. <laughs> uh, did you hear that 400 people showed up to the Trump rally at uh, the Capitol this last weekend? 400. That's... Not impressive at all. 400. There were apparently more reporters than, than uh, uh, participants. I believe that. <sighs> okay, I'll, I'll get a source in there for the amount of attendees. It was really tiny. The pictures are damned unimpressive. Uh, when they say, my doctors are pushing me to get vaccinated, but they refuse to give me alternatives. What I hear is... My doctor won't give me the snake oil I asked for. Probably the reason your doctor won't give you the bullshit that you are asking for is because it is in fact bullshit. And you need to be protected from yourself like a child. <laughs> That's better. I'm just going to keep poking this. Uh, how long until you get actually angry? Just keep going. <laughs> When they say the establishment is entirely one-sided on the vaccine issue. What I hear is, I think reality has a liberal bias. And yeah, it can kind of seem that way. That's a side effect of being aligned with the political side interested in eroding truth. <sighs> Why is that? Oh, never mind. Right now, conservatives are just interested in maintaining power. They don't care about true things. <sighs> Doesn't have to be that way. We could be in a country with multiple political parties interested in reality. It could be. Or not, but we could be. <sighs> When they say, I can improve my chances against severe COVID infection by training my immune system naturally. What I hear is, I learned all of my medical knowledge from the Princess Bride. This is incredibly fucking stupid, and you are a literal danger to yourself and everyone else you are ever near. You will only succeed in giving yourself COVID. Are you telling me he didn't actually take all that Iocane powder? I mean, he might have, but he has this amazing, amazing benefit that nobody else that's actually saying this has. The benefit of being fictional. <laughs> I kept poking you to make you angry. It was so good. Uh. So this next section is going to be pretty heavy. Do you have anything silly, Mako? I've been told that I'm not doing nearly enough shoutouts. So, to the person that pointed this out, hi, Momo. We're doing uh, our best to anonymize this. So we're going to cut out names and dates and do some voice modulation shenanigans. Our guest has had direct experience with misinformation recently, and we invited him on to share his story. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I don't... So just like dive straight into the story. Yeah, if you want to handle it, or if there's other questions we should uh, ask or probe. Sure, I'll jump straight into the story and feel free to interject and ask questions and whatnot. <laughs> Why don't we start at the beginning? Yeah. This happened recently. Recently, over the course of about twenty-seven to thirty days. Okay. And I all started when I received a call from my brother on day zero. 
I was informed that my grandma had fainted and was unresponsive and was being rushed to the hospital. There, she was diagnosed with COVID and then shortly sent home afterwards to self-care at home. And I just want to preface this. Um, neither my grandparents, my grandfather, or my grandmother were vaccinated against COVID-19. My grandfather is a COVID anti-vaxxer, but he has been vaccinated against other things like diphtheria, whooping cough, polio, smallpox, relatively common things. But for some reason was a COVID anti-vaxxer. I think it's interesting that you describe your grandfather as old enough that smallpox was a common thing, but that really puts a, a date on that. Yes. <laughs> um, like most people, he had most of his vaccinations, but he was specifically COVID anti-vax, so something changed. Was Correct. there any specific rationale given for why your grandmother was discharged, told to just go home for care there? I don't really understand why, um, and I, I'd like to understand why. They, I'm assuming, were sent home to just try and see if they could ride out COVID on their own. I'm guessing that the hospitals were probably full and probably wouldn't be able to take on, but I, I don't know that for sure. Mm. I imagine that your grandmother's in that age group where she's in the, the biggest risk factor. Yes. Yeah. So I would hope that either it was the hospitals being full or that there was another very good reason. But uh, I think the flow of information that, if I understand correctly, you'll be describing later on, might shed more light on why we don't know about this. Correct. Yeah. Continuing to preface this, though, um, my grandfather is also um, an anti-masker, and I guess he just doesn't, I'm just going to say this sarcastically, doesn't like his freedoms being taken away. So he doesn't wear masks at all. But he did wear one up until around the time Trump said he was also against masks. Funny that. I wish I could be surprised. Yes, me too. He was very outspoken on his misguided beliefs and was confidently spreading misinformation both on social media, mostly Facebook, and in public. He goes as far as to only frequent businesses that don't require masks or outright bans the use of masks. He doesn't go to any stores that require masks. He Just to put some context on the misinformation part, he believes that COVID is no worse than the flu. And that it was created by the communist Democrats to drive Trump out of office. Those sound like quotes directly from him. They are, yeah. Okay. R rough, rough paraphrasing. But. And now that the Delta variant is spiking throughout the country, he recently started to share the idea that the Delta variant was designed to specifically target individuals that hadn't taken the COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> We've addressed exactly that point of misinformation before on the show. Why people are surprised that unvaccinated people seem to be targeted by the diseases that are vaccinated for is deeply perplexing. I'm sorry you had to deal with that part of it. I dealt with the most part of misinformation probably beyond COVID. I've dealt with COVID misinformation specifically since it has started, but the misinformation has been spreading since about 2016. Oh, that coincides with some interesting political events that happened in the U.S.? Possibly. I guess for non-U.S. listeners, 2016 was the Trump election time period. Yeah, but returning back to the, the story I'm trying to share, um, they did send her back home to do self-care, and then about four days later, her condition worsened, and she had to return to the hospital. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, and then on, I guess I'll just kind of go through and summarize the day-by-day -day event, but on day seven, she was moved to one-on-one -on -one care. I guess there's a specific wing in the hospital where they have just like one person care on you instead of whoever's, you know, can't, I don't know how to pronounce these medications. Um, well, the second one. Uh, Do you want to drop them into chat? Sure. Actually, let me make sure. I, I know one's remdesivir. Let me, I don't actually know what the other one is. Bar, bar, I'll drop in the chat one second. Yeah, that is weird. I would say baricitinib. Well, let's not take chance. Oh, you're checking. Baricitinib. 
Okay, there's an M at the end. Baricitinib. That sounds like a medicine. I don't know anything about it. I'll try to be informed. Baricitinib, sorry. Sitinib. It is a B at the end. Okay. Did the doctor say what this did? Yeah, uh, this treats rheumatoid arthritis. Huh. She did not have rheumatoid arthritis, though. So I'm guessing this weird combination in uh, along with remdesivir helped somehow? Uh, At least she didn't have rheumatoid arthritis that I'm aware of. Some people hide their pain. It could be that she specially requested it based on some misinformation. Or it could be that the doctors were trying something, anything to help. Based on what little I know, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis medication tends to be anti-inflammatories. And they usually have extra other side effects that they can be used to treat other things. But I don't see how that could directly relate to a COVID treatment. Well, if there's inflammation of the lungs, if it can treat inflammation, that's speculation on my part. I don't know if that connects. Yeah, I don't know either. Sure. But this doesn't sound like obvious pseudoscience, these two medicines. Right. It might be, but we don't know. But yes, on, on day nine, she did start severe in baricitinib, but... Also, she was put on a BiPAP machine to help with oxygen, oxygen saturation levels. Um, they tried keeping it, I believe, between 92 and 97% saturation. Um, a ventilator. It is not, actually. It is not. No, it's uh, it's similar to just what a normal CPAP does, but I believe it more closely monitors the intake of oxygen. It's not quite a ventilator. It's just like a mask they put over your face. Okay. From what I'm aware of and have done research on. They also started a pick line on her to give her nutrition. She was no longer able to eat food. So like IV fluids and yeah, IV nutrition? Basically, okay. Yes. Something similar to that. On day 12, they started doing chest scans and other related work on her. Uh, they did find that there was some fluids around the chest. So they started, started her on, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this either, uh, diuretic, diuretics? Yeah, diuretics are medicines that yeah. drain fluids. Correct. Like caffeine is a diuretic. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's why people who drink a lot of coffee and Monster are constantly going to the bathroom. That's... That would explain things, yes. <laughs> on, day, on day 15, my grandfather requested that the nurses no longer provide to share information on her condition with the rest of the family. Information now had to be shared directly with him and he had to distribute it. That was their decision? That was his decision. Okay. Just to kind of preface this too, when my grandmother was admitted on day zero and she had COVID, she was unresponsive. She did she did get a little bit better, and that's why I guess they sent her back home to see if she could improve on herself. But as far as information being shared, my grandfather hid the fact that she had COVID with the public. Oh, that's not good. They went as far as after returning to the hospital for several days, uh, they had people start reaching out because they hadn't been hearing from my grandmother. And they wanted information, and my grandpa said that, hey, don't worry, don't look into it, please don't ask questions, stuff like that. Okay. To get more background, it sounded, when I'd had other conversations with you before recording, like your grandfather had shared misinformation about COVID more intensely than your grandmother. Correct. Um, prior to all of this happening, like when COVID started, first started, um, my grandfather jumped on the misinformation train very early on. My grandmother, on the other hand, wanted to learn more. She seeked information, but ultimately, I mean, she, she even reached out to us to schedule a vaccine, like to take her to go get vaccinated. But then like, she just didn't want to get the vaccine anymore. So we don't know for certain your grandfather swayed, coerced, misinformed, or otherwise convinced your grandmother not to be vaccinated. Yes, he's very outspoken about his, he's very confident that what he believed in was true. And I'm, I personally believe that, but I don't for sure know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to speculate on these things, but those pieces all fit. That That is very unfortunate. It is. After my grandfather asked for 
no information. It, it kind of scared at least myself and my brother. We weren't sure if we would ever hear from like my grandmother again. We just didn't know. Um, my grandfather did share updates, but it was very select in what he did started to share from at least what I what I knew because the information was less detailed. It was more vague after that point. On day 17, they decided that it was time to move her to the intensive care unit and then they intubated her and sedated her. I'm just staring off into the middle distance. Sorry, this is traumatic to even hear. I can't imagine having lived it. And for the listener, as I was just staring off into the distance, our guest looked at me and looked around like, what is, what, 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 what's Squeaky doing? Like, no, I'm, I'm taking in this yeah. This story that can only get worse from here. This is horrifying. Our listeners know the statistics on this. This doesn't sound like it's no, going well. Intubation is basically just ventilation. It's but, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's putting the tube down your throat to correct. Yeah. Yes, the re- the chances of recovery from that stage is, last I checked, less than five percent. Yeah, uh, I know. Ooh. Squeaky and I kind of researched this a bit. We thought at first this was upwards of like maybe 10 to 12 percent. And then further research, we found it was a lot less than that. Um, But after that, uh, she was in intensive care unit for a few days. They switched her from her back to her stomach to help with lungs and breathing. And then on day 24, her kidneys began to fail. So they started dialysis and sedated her even more. I'm glad that there were so many resources brought to bear against this problem. Yeah, they they did everything that the hospital, at least, and the nurses, they they were, from what I knew, because I wasn't here, I wasn't able to actually see my grandmother, but they did do everything that was in their power to do. Um, it sounds like a heroic effort went into saving her. Correct. Um, but, you know, once your kidneys start failing due to lack of oxygen, there's only so much you can do. At this point, the... Um, she was receiving upwards of 98% of her oxygen from the intubator. So that's why her kidneys were failing, just due to lack of oxygen. Goodness, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 20, the 26th, the nurses informed my grandfather that him and our family should start preparing for a different outcome. And my grandfather made the decision to put a do not resuscitate on my grandmother. So I decided that was when I needed to FaceTime her. Um, She was dated at that point and her neck was extremely bloated i guess there might have been like a leak or something her entire face was black and bruised her hair was completely white and i just i honestly didn't want to believe that was my grandmother because it didn't look like the grandmother i had known it was really disturbing and we didn't even know for sure if she was even able to hear us but or even know we were there but everyone wanted to make sure she was being comforted and and then the next morning I was asleep and I received a call very early morning. I think it was about five o'clock my time. And like before I even answered, I pretty much already knew what had happened and she passed. Damn it. There's no words for this, man. This is this is horrible. Sorry for your loss. Thank you. I'm trying like I'm not trying to not cry because I Take as much time as you need and do whatever you need to do. We're here and last time I saw her was two years prior. So I knew that I really wanted to go back and spend time with uh, with family and friends. And the reason we hadn't seen each other in so long, it's not only because of the, the distance, but also we hadn't talked or anything over the phone because we disagreed on a lot of topics, um, like, you know, if certain people should be allowed to live or not. Unfortunately, people with extreme conservative views often don't respect the right to life of some other people. There are, of course, some decent conservatives, but... How can you be on the same team as the rest of them? 
And I'm sorry. Teams I'm, is what it does come down to with that mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to grandstand on your horrible situation. Oh, yeah. This political divisiveness separated you from a part of your family and then aided in misinformation. Yes. That led to this. And I'm, yeah, I, I, it, I feel for you. I'm yeah. so sorry. And like I said, this all took place over like 27 days. And my grandmother, from what I from what I knew, was in extreme pain. And that's why they had to sedate her. Extremely uncomfortable. And it was like a roller coaster. There was moments where there was no hope. And then it would seem like there was some hope. And uh, when I was talking with Squeaky during this time, it, there seemed like there was a really good chance that she might pull through this. And then it just dipped back down and it looked hopeless again. And it was just an emotional and stressful time for myself and everyone else in the family. Now, throughout this, and forgive me for steering us back towards the pain, throughout this, your grandfather maintained an anti-vax stance? Yes. But um, didn't the hospital keep him from seeing? Um, at first, they didn't really question whether he was vaccinated or not because of just the immediate nature of the situation. But really soon into it, after a few days, they asked and he admitted that he was not himself vaccinated and the hospital removed him from the premise and required him to be vaccinated in order to see his wife. So he did. He went and got vaccinated, but that was the only reason he got vaccinated. And at this point, it's hard for me to argue against any reason that someone is getting vaccinated, but... I agree. He definitely should have gotten vaccinated. Late is better than never. But the organic outcome here is disgusting. He was pushing misinformation. Very likely is the reason your grandmother didn't get vaccinated. Then he himself survived, and his words had tragic outcomes. Yeah, and I, I did fail to note this. On, I want to say, day four, when she returned to the hospital, he was also diagnosed with COVID. But his, his symptoms and his situation was nowhere near. And I think... He did, yeah, he got better and he, he's doing fine now, but it was no, it was like the complete op op opposite spectrum. And that was because he was vaccinated, right? Or is that? He got vaccinated after. After? Yeah, he got vaccinated after he was diagnosed with COVID. So he was just lucky with his outcome. Correct. He, he was on the end that didn't have as severe symptoms. Well, for people in this senior age group. That even does when, happen sometimes, yeah. Yeah, when we hear about these outcomes where like 20% of the people die, that does mean 80% survive. So, I mean, yeah. I'm glad that people are surviving. Yeah. I just wish we didn't have to witness death firsthand to get the vaccine. Correct. <laughs> For the clarity of the listeners, it's not just life, death, it's you know, also severity of symptoms. Some people survive after having a really rough time, and it sounds like he did not. So he was even one of the more lucky ones. Yeah, I, I know a few people that didn't really believe the whole thing about COVID until they themselves or someone close to them got it. And then they experienced how rough and aggressive this virus was. And some didn't. Some had really mild symptoms. And then that only empowered their initial belief that this wasn't a huge deal. This plays back to a thing you often like to bring up, Mako, the fundamental attribution bias. Yep. People like to presume that if it happens to someone else, it's somehow their fault. If it happens to them, they're a special exception. So a lot of people like to say things like diet and exercise will protect you from COVID. Being more fit does increase your chances, but plenty of physically fit people have died to COVID. And we even did a segment on the notion of youth protecting you from COVID. And that's, I mean, statistically, a lot of the time it does, but doesn't protect everybody. My grandmother was actually really healthy. She did water aerobics and had a very healthy diet and was very happy and kind. But this just hit her full on and she did not survive it. Tragic. And you mentioned the amount of people that she touched in a positive way with her life. You yes. mentioned... Yeah, um, and also just during the 
during the service as well. Um, the amount of people that were there were, was just absolutely insane. It it went for the entire duration of the service, which usually, from, from the ones I've been to, is not very common. She touched the lives of many people in a very positive way. But I, I did when I, I, I decided I wanted to go back home. So I flew in and I wanted to say, you know, my final goodbyes. And um, I did want to share a particular moment from the day of the funeral service. Uh, we had went with a bunch of my grandfather's friends that came to support him emotionally. And there were a few TVs and they were, they had like the local Fox station news on. And my grandpa and his friends were talking to some of the points being brought up on the news. And one said point was about the vaccine mandate being implemented for federal workers. And the reporter went around, they had like a reporter they sent around town to interview people. And the interviewees had a lot of the same message that the virus is all about controlling people and was not actually about the prevention of, you know, a deadly virus. And my grandpa started a discussion at the table about it because that seems appropriate. He went and got, yeah, sorry, go. How, take a moment, no, breathe, breathe. Go ahead, I'm good. How ghoulish that he's talking about the vaccine being about control and defending that notion on the news when he sought to control the information to manage how this situation reflected on him that was largely, even if it wasn't his fault, he was a major contributor to it. We've talked about it many times that if you put a lot of information out there or are in an environment with a lot of information just being put out there, you take it in. There's no way that his misinformation didn't impact your grandmother. This is, and now after the fact, he's defending this notion, claiming it's about control? Yeah. This is abhorrent. The best case scenario was that he was trying to wrestle with his own guilt, but yeah, we have nothing really to, to say that's definitely what was going on, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and I think he was really angry when he was forced to be vaccinated, and that's kind of why he brought up that subject. He he was all under the belief it was all about being controlled. And... Well, you can catch COVID a second time. There's multiple variants. Sometimes it wipes out your immune system's record of COVID. No, he needed to be vaccinated so he didn't catch catch it again. Right. And to, and to the point about controlling information, my grandfather concealed the fact that my grand, my grandma had COVID up until the day before she died. And he made a post requesting for prayers. And that was the only reason he was afraid she would die and sought like perhaps like a final attempt to save her through, through prayer. And unfortunately she passed away the next morning and that's when he made the announcement. Like those are the only two updates. If you look looked at the I looked at the Facebook timeline and there's nothing between the there's just nothing until those final two days in terms of information being shared publicly. Yeah, this I I can't fault not sharing things publicly, but at the same time, he was at the same time he was mm. What are your feelings on all of this? I feel like I, I understand the aspect perhaps of him wanting to have privacy during that time and maybe not everyone needs to know. But at the same time, I also feel like if someone has COVID, you need to let people know because this disease is, is deadly and it's spreading fast. Do we know if he told people he was in contact with whether or not he had COVID? Yeah, contact tracing comes There was no contract tracing here. He intentionally withheld this information. He did tell a few like super close friends of her. However, to that point... Um, I, I want to mention, too, that around this time, all within a week's span, both my grandmother and my grandfather got COVID, and also my aunt, my grandmother's daughter, and her husband got COVID as well. So it's likely that they either, one gave it to the other, or that they both got it from the same source. It is very possible, yes. We okay. don't know for sure. Okay. Because there is no contract tracing here. Um, 
my my aunt and my uncle are both doing much better. Um, I believe that they have a good chance to pull through this. They did go to the hospital, um, but they're they're now back and they're doing much better. But when my grandfather was bringing this topic up, all of his friends chimed in and were to support him and they they spread more information and they said things like well covid should have been well done by now those dims were able to throw trump out and they should have released the cure by now <laughs> they just stated i don't want to say evidence that's that's a it's too strong of a word but they, they just made a claim that supports the opposite of their assertion and they're just scratching their heads instead of coming to the obvious conclusion their thought process is is that this is a bioweapon made by the democrats so yeah it was to get rid of trump yeah yeah so you would release the cure to fix it because now you've achieved your goal no cure so like right there that's that's a point against the claim and they're not even taking that to the disevidential sufferer like these conspiracy theorists you can always dig one deeper to escape having to own up to reality right up until it kills you did they dig one deeper I mean, that was them digging. They didn't That's need them an explanation. Right there. Um, but then they... Deeper. Well... <laughs> deeper. Okay, if I were a conspiracy theorist and you asked me to dig one deeper here, I'd say, oh, well, they couldn't release the cure because then that would prove that it was a bioweapon. I don't think they dug deeper than that, but yeah. they went on to say that... Um, they went on to say that people should have the freedom to do whatever they want and seem whomever they want, including those with COVID. One of them said that businesses don't have the right to kick out honest Americans like us from a store just because we refuse to wear those stupid masks. Yeah, unfortunately, the conservative streak runs strong in our... Yeah, and they were talking really confident about these views right after the death of my grandma, who died from COVID. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried and pinned her death on something other than that, but I haven't seen anything so far from anyone. But again, they were saying this out loud, and my aunt, who was also there because she's just recovering from COVID, in that moment was feeling really guilty because she believed truly she gave my grandma COVID and that she was responsible for her death. So someone who we don't know is guilty is feeling guilty. And even then, if, if she took basic precautions... It's, she might not have done any, anything wrong. It's possible to do everything right. It's possible to be, to be vaccinated, to wear masks, and still accidentally spread it. Mm -hmm. You're much less likely. You'll do it one in a thousand times instead of every time. Right. But, but then these people who should be feeling guilty are over here making excuses and finding ways to blame people based on their political affiliation for a horrible disease. Well, right. But here's the kicker. Right after she, I mean, she became emotional and she said, well, I, I feel guilty because I gave my mom COVID. They then turned to her and tried comforting her by saying, well, no, 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 any, any, we don't know who did it. Anyone could get COVID these days just by walking out the door because somehow COVID's now airborne. <sighs> fine distinction seems between airborne and droplet borne seems weak but the anyone can get it simply by walking outside ignores all the notions of safety precautions which of course none of these people were taking no none of them were even even his friends that came in out of state they refused to wear seatbelts because that also controls their freedoms too <sighs> have to bring this up again but we keep going back to seatbelts as the thing that nobody takes you seriously if you object to seatbelt wearing. You just, you lose your credibility. And I keep saying it, half of car, all car accident fatalities happen from the 10% of the population that don't wear seatbelts. The same thing is happening with the 30% of the country that isn't vaccinated. They're 99% of the COVID deaths. And if we just keep raising the amount of vaccinations, we will have fewer COVID deaths, but the proportion of them will still almost all come from the unvaccinated part. We're a little bit in the weeds. 
but just wanted to establish that this is it's not a simple matter of ignorance it's malice it's choice yeah when they shared the whole like oh anyone can get this by walking out the door i i don't know when they said that if they truly believed that or maybe they did i don't know it's really hard to tell what they consider truly genuine there are mental gymnastics some people do to resolve that right went on for far too long and once it was over i was so glad to get out of there it sounds harrowing it is yeah and um is there anything you would like to say to the listener any suggestion any advice any emotion yeah um well firstly I don't think I have to say this. Well, I mean, all the listeners are hopefully vaccinated. But if you're not, please go get vaccinated. Um, it's never too late to do that. My my grandparents, or at least my grandpa, suffered greatly from this evidentia. And I know there's not a real easy way to talk with people, especially about COVID, to try and sway their minds. It takes an emotional situation. And I think that emotional situation was when my grandma passed away, at least for my grandpa. But even then, he wasn't willing to talk. You weren't close enough to have an emotional connection to break him out before a tragedy happened. Not me personally. Hmm. But I could have made an attempt, or I did make attempts to do that through this emotional situation with the passing of my grandma. But he was too affected by that to even want to talk to anyone at that point. That's understandable. It is, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for sharing this very difficult story. We appreciate you coming and talking and sharing this. It's hard and it is, see you choked up. Yeah, I, I just want to share because there's not a lot of people who do share, and I feel that by sharing somehow this will help other people understand what it's like to go through COVID. I don't know if it helps at all, but to our listeners, if you don't have anyone else to talk to, contact any of us. I'll respond personally if you DM me on any of our social medias. I'll talk to you. We don't have to make it a public thing. Coming up, we're going to discuss how to deal with misinformation websites, how to understand what's going on with uh, things people might share with you, and we'll try to come back to some levity. Thanks for listening. I'm glad I looked at my screen right as we were counting down because I had my mouse hovered over the stop button, not the record button. That would have been momentarily inconvenient. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it would. So you've had a few minutes to calm down. You feeling better? No. Because all those people that enraged you, we're going to talk about why they... still exist. Sorry. (laughs) The anger in your eyes, man. What went on? So uh, I got linked a bunch of fake news, like websites, like directly. On what platform? Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. Well, LinkedIn, that's a little bit surprising. Twitter, not so much. LinkedIn is where I get way way more of it. It's just harder to get in touch with really misinformed people on Twitter because Twitter like isolates people really well. LinkedIn like presumes you're all professionals and well, that's where they fucked up. I mean, the average level of education on LinkedIn is higher than other social media. That's an idea. It's supported by the Pew Research Center. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never wanted to disagree with Pew before. Maybe I'm just used to the level of... Okay, that does come with the caveat of people who seek news on their social media platform. Oh, do we want to just start there? We we could, sure. You've got Pew Research and Wikipedia social media as a news source. Yes. Okay, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so we're talking about misinformation. And misinformation is something that is... I mean, it's spread through pretty much everything, everywhere, all forms of news. But on social media in particular, and Wikipedia makes a note of it, and it is pretty intuitive. 
the bar for somebody creating news and then distributing that news that they themselves have just created is much lower on social media than it is through more traditional news outlets like newspapers or TV stations. Which would be harmless as long as we're just sharing pictures of our lunch or cat videos. Oh yeah, those are totally harmless. But as soon as I tell you I take ivermectin because my name is Nicki Minaj and sorry, she didn't take ivermectin. She questioned the efficacy of vaccines because someone's testicles stopped working. Never mind. This person never existed and she's full of shit. Don't take medical advice from Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I was going to say, how do those even connect? Like, All right. So, God, I got to link a source for this. I didn't include this. Okay. Somebody fabricated a story. We don't know if it's Nicki Minaj's friend or cousin or Nicki Minaj herself, but she said that somebody in Trinidad, she said that a friend of someone that she knew in Trinidad uh, went sterile after getting vaccinated. Oh, an extra degree of separation there. Yeah. So everyone thinks it was fake. Yeah, of course. But we don't know if she lied or was lied to. And the Minister of Health from Trinidad actually came out and said that he tracked it down. He, you know, instructed his people to track it down. And no such event ever happened. Not good on him for verifying and making a statement. Which I believe is the core problem here, that many people don't verify things they get from social media. That's uh, one of them. Uh, but the problem with verification for some people is that they might go to seek a second source or a third source. And that is something that we have talked about before, getting multiple sources for a given claim. But when you have enough people that are able to just say what they think is correct and just put it out there, you can create this illusion of legitimacy. And that is something that social media does manage to do because of the amount of people that are doing it. It doesn't help that, of course, the the older and more established forms of distributing news are also peddling some of these things, which is it's really bad and gives even more credibility to the notion that these things might actually be real, but they're not. But anyway. Yeah, with a larger megaphone comes a larger responsibility. It's that simple. And her megaphone is gigantic. Yeah, but social media, it's its much easier to be fooled through some of the, the basic means where you might be trying to discern what is truth. And a lot of people get their news from social media. Uh, 53% of U.S. adults got their news or said that they got their news from social media at least sometimes. 71% of U.S. adults said they got their news from social media at least rarely. So that's a lot of people. Okay, of course, mandatory disclaimer, this was a study that was not actually conducted on all U.S. adults. They collected a sample size, I don't recall what that sample size was, and they asked the people within that sample, and they got these percentages from that sample. And Pew is a reputable place for these kinds of studies. Give me just a sec. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry to interrupt you. I just got those, uh, I got several sources for the Nicki Minaj thing, and I actually remembered all the details correctly. Oh, fine. So... A lot of misinformation is distributed through social media as a result. And there the the Pew Research link that I found is is pretty good demographic information for people who do seek out news on social media platforms and even expresses the, like the distribution for which platforms and how many people on those platforms use that platform as a news source and it's pretty informative. Do either of these sources that you put forward discuss alleviating the possible issues that come from getting your news from social media? <laughs> uh, so, no, they do not. They, that is a very complicated topic that nobody has a concrete answer to. But there is, I did find a different source, and now I think you're going gonna to have to add it since I'm mentioning it. But uh, they did throw out some ideas about how to... <laughs> 
<laughs> he called me a bitch as soon as I added the empty line in the notes. There, do with that what you will. Uh, Give me a sec. Let me type the thing. You get to put the summary here. Fine. So I don't know what your source is going to suggest, but I definitely think getting your information from multiple sources is a great idea. It is. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts. I take in social media from a couple different platforms, and I get news from non-podcast, non-social media sources as well. And when I get information and it agrees on all three, I have a high degree of confidence it's, it's accurate, especially when they cite different sources. Yeah, so I guess that merits a clarification on sources, because you can have a source that's from one publication being shared on, on Twitter and another publication also being shared on Twitter. Just like that Rolling Stone article we mentioned last week, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, last episode, the one where uh, the Rolling Stone briefly said that Oklahoma E ERs were so full of ivermectin overdoses that gunshot victims were waiting for care. That didn't happen. And because everyone was citing the Rolling Stone until the Rolling Stone retracted it, that a lot of people said the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah but that I had multiple sources. Somebody saw it after that and I was notified. So, yeah. yeah. Finishing Sorry, the you're, thought. You're yeah, okay. Uh, so you can get like multiple publications, but they're both being aggregated by the same platform. In the case of my example, Twitter is acting as an aggregator for these other publications. And Twitter itself, or at least whatever community you are participating with on Twitter, has a selection bias of some kind. So even going to different platforms and getting information, even if that one platform is already giving you something diverse, can be helpful in that goal. So even if you do nothing else, follow many people, link to many people, get many opinions on the same social network. It's not the social network being inaccurate. It's having limited sources of information. Uh, yes, but the I guess the point of what I was saying is that just as much as a publication could exercise bias, so can an aggregator. Oh, okay. I totally misunderstood what you said. I'm sorry. Okay. So yeah, different aggregators can also help weed out some of the issues and give you a more diverse thing. So anyway, getting back to the, the one link that you made me add after the fact. So they... They don't use this example, this uh, comparison, this is all me, but they likened how to help curb misinformation to just like how you handle food. They say that it should be diverse. Makes sense. That's exactly what we just described. You but mean nutrition, not like preparing cooking food. <laughs> so I was thinking how you handle like a piece of raw meat. Like uh, we should wash our hands? And they're like, oh, no, no. You mean like eat a well-rounded diet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And less intuitively, but it makes intuitive sense through the example that uh, I likened it to. They actually also suggest that people try to, in some cases, depending on the person, of course, reduce the amount of information they take in. Yeah. So when people take in so much information, they just, they don't, at least they feel, that people don't really process it. Slow down the amount of information you take in so that you can actually process it so it's less you just sort of blindly trusting it. Because if you're just constantly taking in information from a news cycle over and over and over, you, well, you really don't have the time to analyze it. Hmm. Not sure how much I agree with that one. Everyone I know who takes in more information seems to be more educated, but they also tend to take it in from a variety of sources. As I suppose somebody watching Fox News, you know, 16 hours a day is taking in a lot of information and that wouldn't be great. But the people I know who take in a lot of information, they read a lot of books, they read multiple news websites. I would say a lot of those people you're thinking of are more apt at taking in information. It's, I think they're trying to 
So maybe build up gradually until you're good at it. <laughs> That's one way. But yeah, I think they're they're trying to point out, uh, you know, individual, I don't want to say limitations, but individual capabilities. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about any of this. This is, I mean, so the free marketplace of ideas, the notion that good ideas will eventually beat out bad ideas. If you've only taken in bad ideas, an individual might rebut them by being clever and formulating a, a rebuttal. But is that likely if you never hear the good idea? I mean, for example, how many people are indoctrinated into Christianity as a child and are never exposed to another worldview and then break out spontaneously and on their own? I understand. Well, okay, spontaneously, specifically, almost never, as I understand. Yeah, there's almost always some information that comes from outside the religion that at least plants a seed of doubt. So I, I, maybe for our religious listeners, that might not be the best example. But like, I wouldn't have broken out of being a Republican if I didn't go into those climate change debates and discussions and ingest a huge amount of climate change information. Mm -hmm. I've heard this taken less information thing before. I could be convinced, but I'd want to see a study on that specifically. But that's not what this is. This is just an editor's annotation. I don't think it's an editor. I don't remember exactly what they're... I mean, it's from news.usc.edu. Then they're probably looking at a correlation from people who take in less information are statistically less likely to be wildly misinformed because people like conspiracy theorists do take in a huge amount of misinformation. They're just bad at it. Yeah. Could be. From that standpoint, yeah, it makes a bunch of sense. But a conspiracy theorist taking in less information isn't going to make them stop being a conspiracy theorist. It might make them a bit less ardent. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably true. Uh, Do we want to jump into the fake sources now that we've bounced around all over the place? Yeah, you started talking about uh, some things you heard from LinkedIn. Uh, Okay. So I was in a number of arguments and sorry to go back to COVID. We're not talking about COVID. We want to talk about like the meta of how we interpret sources and information we're given. Because in some future discussion, right, you might somebody might link you a source and you don't really know what's true yet. And they, they'll give you a source and say, this is why I think, you know, this is true. And the, the bad sources in the future will look a lot like the bad sources today. I got a link to the Nemos News Network and links to FDA News and naturalnews.com. All three of these sources are bullshit. We will annotate them in our sources as fake source, so you know, but uh, some ways to know that they're fake sources. Like uh, this Nemo's News Network one. Uh, Unlike the Rolling Stone, who issued a retraction, kept their old article up, and at the very top said, hey, we were wrong, here's how we made our mistake, right? This Nemo's News Network put up an article. Let me just read the URL. Yep. Nemo'sNewsNetwork.com slash Elizabeth Warren demands Amazon censor best-selling book slash and then a bunch of technical gibberish. Okay. The title was Elizabeth Warren's demands Amazon censor best-selling book. And when I clicked it, it made some BS claims about Elizabeth Warren claiming something that just, as near as I can tell never fucking happened. Yep. Right? It was just to slander her because she's left-leaning and the Nemo's News Network is right-leaning. And this was on a link from some ivermectin misinformation. This page also had something about how ivermectin works, but I picked this page because it was there in the beginning of the day and it was gone at the end of the day. And I uploaded two screenshots to Google Drive and I'll put the links in those in the show notes, but they just deleted the link. It just disappeared. If they were wrong and responsible, they would have done what the Rolling Stone did and issued a retraction and accepted that, yeah, here's a hit to my reputation, just like we do here on this podcast. If we screw up, 
we tell you. You can go back and look at how often we screw up. That we are aware of. <laughs> that we're aware of. Let us know and we'll keep fixing it. Mm-hmm. But people issue retractions so that way you can check that they're not lying. And I'm not saying retractions are perfect, but they at least demonstrate that we're not lying. Because if we just delete our mistakes, then there's no incentive for us to not intentionally make mistakes. Like this site is doing. Yeah, they're trying to act like it never even happened. Okay. Uh, this one, this next one, this naturalnews.com, I have in the sources as fake source, some fucking liars lying. That one was one of the ones, like, okay, so I tried to pull up the Nemo News <laughs> Network, and it just got me a 404, and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever, yeah. leave. But this one I opened up, and uh, it's actually pretty damn special. So, like, just the, the title of the, like, the headline for the story, it was, it was pretty special. But on the left, the most viewed article, that's a trip uh, like right at the top they're talking about vaccine genocides after the genocide will there be enough survivors to rebuild civilization they're still referencing the the genocide secret holocaust are millions of vaccine victims disappearing into mass graves breakthrough simple sunlight exposure can protect against severe and deadly covid19 infections yeah okay so uh, this one story i linked which is titled Fauci Bioweapon Funding Program Confirmed Smoking Gun Proves COVID Vaccine Bioweapon, cites only two or three sources. I think two of them actually cite back to themselves, which isn't fundamentally dishonest. Yeah, yeah, this thing has three links. A link to Brighteon, which is another fake news website we didn't even dig into. Mm -hmm. A link to their homepage, which is why you can claim it's two or three, because it's not really, a, they're not linking to a source, they're linking to their front page. And then a link to a FOIA request by The Intercept. For people not familiar, whether you're foreign, just not familiar with the I don't know, stupidity of U.S. law, or people who are just not interested in this or hadn't been interested in this before. FOIA is the Freedom of Information Act. It lets people request government documents and can pierce through a lot of kinds of secrecy and government protections to get information out. It often takes money to track these things down and effort and lawsuits and lawyers, but it's how we uncovered the existence of things like Area 51 or certain government programs that were secret but wasting a lot of money. And The Intercept got all of the information about where funding had gone on coronavirus research pre-pandemic, and that we actually did give money to some groups in China for it, for actual legitimate scientific things, right? We were worried that the next pandemic could be a coronavirus, so we researched it, and we collaborated with other major countries. And this natural news website claims that The Intercept discovered that Fauci paid for a bioweapon. Well, Fauci was in charge of groups that said where the, this kind of funding goes. So yeah, he signed off on these things. So that's kind of sort of true, but they're not bioweapons. The, the article they link to from The Intercept specifically says that uh, the coronavirus that's out looks like it came from bats, not these labs. These labs were putting coronavirus in mice to try to see if we could, well, we always experiment in mice first. Yep. I mean, it's a lot easier to get ethical permission to kill a mouse than it is to risk killing a human. Much easier. So the source directly contradicted what naturalnews.com is saying. So they, they link to one outside source that directly contradicts them, and they build a whole article on that, and they just keep making tons of emotional appeals. Tons of, 
bold claims. They're saying Fauci lied, millions dies. Here's a bombshell news report about this, bombshell about this. And they keep saying these big, bombastic, loud, confident things. And really, if you're reading it, it's going to be their confidence that wins you over because they're just making shit up. They're just full of shit. Yep. But if you don't know, or if they were more nuanced, like imagine some hypothetical future where... Let's come up with a good one. What's a good hypothetical? What if there is some medicine that's actually a, an antiviral that people start plugging? Let's say in actuality, yeah. it doesn't work on COVID, but people are pushing it like it might. What if you say? Remdesivir actually sort of kind of works is my current understanding. Slightly. Like there, there's some information that suggests that it can take a few days off of your hospital visit. Yeah. Let's say somebody starts pushing nonsense about remdesivir curing COVID, mm -hmm. right? If you'd never heard of it and you don't know, that sounds plausible. It is a medicine that at least treats viruses. Yeah, it's an antiviral. So then if people start linking you to websites that say this, well, then how do you dig into that? You should go to known sources that you already trust, see if they corroborate. Then you can start gaining trust in these sources. See if the sources that you're linked link to more than one other site. And whatever they link to, read that. If places are linking to things and then they're contradicted by their own sources, they're probably full shit yep. and this actually happened uh back in episode 14 when i gave my rant that ella person who uh linked me to the gateway pundit <laughs> they're like look at this mask video masks don't work but if you watch the whole video no the video's claiming masks do work like 100 percent. you just watch the first five seconds of it and you get the wrong impression because the gateway pundit lied its ass off and that is i believe uh, among other things called confirmation bias <sighs> yeah so I've got links to these fake, very bad news sites in here. If you want some other ones, I think it might be down, though. There's also FDA.news and USDAwatch.org or something. But they're all just super fake, and they just put bad news up. And they're not related to the FDA or... Uh... <sighs> They're not related to these organizations that they look like they're related to. They just put images up there to look like it. And then they have the same type of appeals to emotion instead of appeals to fact. Yeah. <sighs> just taking a casual glance at even this one article, like they're using language like smoking gun. They have actual pictures of blood on money. And there's a lot of subtle and not so subtle appeals to try to steer people to one particular conclusion or at bare minimum one particular movement while reading yeah in the future i suspect bad and fake news sites intending to misinform people will get better oh yeah 10 years ago a fake news website wouldn't have had any any links in it, in it at all it just would have made declarations and been false or it might have put the name of a doctor in there or something yeah whereas today what they're doing is they're setting up multiple websites and then linking to each other to create this web of bullshit yeah and the, you even called it a web ring in our uh, warning yes or yeah in our intro and even touched on it with the social network comments uh, it, when you have multiple sources even if they just all reference each other and they don't talk about anything substantial a lot of people aren't going to look at those sources and they're going to be given this illusion of legitimacy just by numbers yeah so if naturalnews.com links to fdanews.us or whatever it is links to nemosnetwork.com links to the other one i have whatever links to some other fake news site links back to this first one none of them i mean one of them fabricated it and they're all probably run by the same small group of people they can just make shit up, and because there's four different URLs and four different themes, you know, four different looks and feels to these web pages, it feels more legitimate, but there's no grounding in reality. And that's a newer thing. They've just started doing that. What if they start doing that, but they get better writers? Because this one where they're talking about, like you said, bombshells and smoking guns, mm -hmm. what if they write it like an actual news piece? 
It's bound to happen eventually. Yeah, they're going to get better and more nuanced, so we need to get better at teasing out the actual evidence from this and seeing that there's no evidence. Go down a couple of links, and when you see that they're just pushing an agenda, back out, whether it be a left or a right agenda. Who cares? Get to people who actually cite evidence. Yep. <sighs> people who understand the mechanisms of the claim being made and are capable of describing it. <sighs> so more on ivermectin meta-analysis. This is another great form of misinformation. Did you want to kick off, kick us off on this? Hey, so I don't know a ton about this, but a lot of the surge for ivermectin, people seeking that as a COVID treatment that has gotten into news headlines as of late, a lot of people will try to say, hey, it, there's actual science based on it. And that is technically true, although it's a bit of a stretch to call it, quote, actual science, end quote. But yeah, a... A paper was published, it was referenced by other papers, and that original paper that was published was, it was bullshit. It was just, <laughs> at best, it was bad science. At worst, it was a act of academic malice. Ah, okay. So you're going straight to the El Ghazar fraud paper. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thought you, uh, I thought this uh, thing you linked from nature was more about uh, whether or not meta-analyses were good or bad. If well, it builds on that, yes. But it uses that as a specific example okay. to make that claim. Well, then I'll touch on the El Ghazar fraud. Okay. This has been floating around for a while. This was a paper that wasn't ever peer-reviewed. So it didn't get a lot of the normal scientific uh, checks that normally happen. Normally when uh, a scientist writes a paper, they write it up, they give it to some of their immediate peers. That's not peer review, but they give it to like people in their own university. Uh, a student might give it to teachers. Teachers might give it to students to ask for critical review. Then they'll give it then they'll give it to a scientific journal. The scientific journal will then find unrelated experts in the same field and ask these peers to review it. And this is the peer review process. So when a nature like journal, when a journal like nature <laughs> gets, yeah, that was a crazy spoonerism. Mm -hmm. like so much spoonerism that like I should be singing for Soundgarden <sighs> and other jokes Zoomers won't get. I feel bad now. I turned into an old man. Just move on. Okay. So when Nature or other journals do this peer review, the idea is that these peers will be able to ask meaningful questions about the research and try to find problems either with the data in detail or with the methodology of the scientists in general. Sanity check. Everything that's covered. Exactly. And then in some ideal world after that, other groups of scientists would go on and replicate the science. So if one university does a study and they put ivermectin into a bunch of COVID patients, then they write down what their results are and they publish it. Presumably they check inside the university to make sure that everybody at the university thinks they did a good job. If they do, they send this up to some medical journal. The medical journal gets the sanity check from the peers. Then some other university or some other hospital might run the same study and you've replicated it. Once a bunch of places have replicated it, the world now knows that this is better, that, you know, this, this works. Whatever the result was, ivermectin helps people, ivermectin doesn't, it's known. Yep. Okay, so this El Ghazar paper was never submitted for peer review. They just put it out there, and it made a, astounding claims about how effective ivermectin was. But it was laughably bad. It, like, had people doing things on dates that didn't exist, it contradicted itself, it, it just made shit up about how effective ivermectin was. But because it claimed to be a really good study, it was picked up in meta-analyses. 
A meta-analysis is a real thing. You can think of it like a fancy average. You know, if you want to know the the average grade of students in a class, you could think of that as a meta-analysis of how good this class is, where you would just add up everyone's grade and divide by the amount of people. Most meta-analyses do a little bit more work than that. They'll weight it based on the quality of the study, and studies that do things like randomized trials, which are harder to run, so not all sciences in a randomized control setting, they're harder to run, so, but they, they produce better results, so they get more influence on the average. They might count as, you know, more than one whole student if you were averaging a grade of a class. Did that analogy make sense, Mako? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not mixing my analogy up too much. So this one result from this Elgazar paper, this paper that was uh, published by the Benha University in, in Egypt, it was never submitted for peer review, so people shouldn't have trusted it, but people running these meta-analyses treated it the same way they would have treated a peer review paper, and they kind of just read the abstract, which is like the intro of a paper, and they read the summary, and they were like, cool, let's just take the numbers and put it in our meta-analysis. And all the real science said ivermectin probably doesn't work. It's all within error. It's either 0 or 0.01% better. And then this one paper is like, oh yeah, 70% improvement. And that moved ivermectin from nothing to takes a couple days off your disease time on average. And that was used as the springboard for starting all this fucking COVID misinformation. Blah. I've, I've linked to the Body of Evidence podcast, which is a great podcast by a couple of doctors. There's tons of other sources on this, though. I first heard about it from the, the Scathing Atheists. The Cognitive Dissonance podcast has talked about it. And I've read several write-ups on what's happened from it. This one thing fucked with all of the information, and we need more peer review to fix this. Yeah. Which means that if you're in the unfortunate position of not being a scientist and needing to read an academic paper, right, start there. Ask, was this peer reviewed? Figure that out. And then if it wasn't, you can ask, was it replicated? Or maybe you just shouldn't be reading it. If it's a scientific paper and not peer reviewed, it's not really for you because it's not science yet. Just shoot that shit down and move on. Yeah, it still needs more time in the oven, so to speak. Yeah, it's okay to say, I don't know. Right? Like, before, six months ago, when this paper was fresh-ish, it was reasonable to say, I don't know if ivermectin helps. It might have. It seemed unlikely because it's for treating parasites like malaria. Yeah, just like once upon a time when this pandemic began, it was reasonable to ask, is COVID a bioweapon? That was shot down pretty quick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not reasonable to ask these things anymore if you're informed. And if you're not informed, again, just say, I don't know, and find people who are and get their sources. <sighs> Another fake source? Should I just keep going? Sure. IVMmeta.com. This is again listed as fake source. I have titled it in our show notes as pure bullshit pretending to be meta-analysis. I mentioned earlier that meta-analysis is kind of like a fancy average, right? Mm -hmm. If we average together the effectiveness of ivermectin across all the studies, we can get an average. And if we wait, we count the studies that are better and we give them more... Uh, more value in our averaging process, we can presumably get closer to a real number. Well, IVM Meta claims to be doing this, and it just bombards you with all kinds of numbers and information, but all the context is missing for what is here. So that might be forgivable if it were a website for experts by experts. If you're supposed to, if your context is supposed to be your PhD, okay, that's one thing. That just means it's not a website for me, mm -hmm. right? But that's not what it is. It's intentionally leaving things out so that people can make their own inferences, which is bad and dishonest already. Yeah. But they're just lying sacks of shit. What they do is the people who put information into this averaging software, and there's tons of software that'll do this, or people could presumably write their own. It's not like it's hard to do a mathematical average. People do them pen and paper all the time. But they find studies, they cherry-pick specific data out of them, so they're not 
they're not being honest and counting all the failures. They count just enough failures to make it look plausible, and then they put bullshit into their meta-analysis, and their website has this preposterous 69% effective number on it, but we know it's not. <sighs> yep. And then this also gets into the replication crisis, which we've mentioned before, but we've never really discussed. Yeah. Science isn't replicated enough. The process I mentioned earlier just doesn't happen often enough, where other universities and other schools and other hospitals aren't replicating experiments enough to know things for sure, unless it's a very important core issue, like do the vaccines work? Yeah. That's getting a ton of replication. We know that really well. Blah. <sighs> Yeah, I did include the FDA.news. It wasn't FDAnews.com, just FDA.news. <laughs> and they have an ivermectin is safe and effective thing, but they don't cite any universities. They don't cite any papers. They just cite naturalnews.com. Oh, they... Blah. Okay. What? I was just seeing this, this web forming of misinformation. Yeah, you use the word web ring, and that's perfect. Yep. It's probably one organization that just stood this thing up and they just stand to make some money on it, which makes me sound like a ridiculous conspiracy theorist. Yep. Standing up a web page is cheap and easy. It is. Yeah, it also doesn't make it seem any more complicated when you see that a bunch of these websites have WP-content in their URL. You know where that's from, right? We used to run a website that had that in its URL. Yeah, WordPress. Yeah, so WordPress is free and open source software you can just take and stand up a web page. Yeah. It costs no money. What need is a computer not even a good one you can run a dozen wordpress websites off a fucking raspberry pi depending on how much traffic you want to support and the content you want to serve yeah you could ha the, the hard part would actually be coming up with enough writers to write your fake news stories everything else like you can just grab templates you can fire up enough virtual machines running whatever simple easy to go software that's pre-packaged that you want and you're just you're good to start hosting whatever bullshit you want that's really cheap and easy to do yeah, so having come from this technical side of things, it's not unreasonable to think that someone who stands to make money selling this did this. Now, I don't know who did this, and I don't know what is going on for sure, but it's a really easy leap to make. Buying a URL is cheap, right? FDA.news? They probably bought that for, for like 15 bucks a year or something. Probably yep. just bought three or four years of it. So, I mean, if you give me $10,000, which sounds like a lot when you're struggling month to month for your bills, but isn't a lot when you're talking about, man, I just bought an ivermectin factory. How do I make some money? You know, $10,000 will get you 20 or 30 URLs, half a dozen decent, powerful computers, a small team of software developers for a month or two to get you started. And then you can see if this advertising thing that you're doing is, uh, is going to make you any money. And you just need to start putting links to this bullshit information that you're putting up out there. And it should start increasing your sales. And you get one Joe Rogan to plug your ivermectin and boom, you're making money. Not even like a complex thought process. And it might not even be an ivermectin factory. It might be, you know, some somebody pushing this nonsense. Might, might not even be someone political. It could be just some random rich person who's like, hey, I bet these people will believe ivermectin helps COVID. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of stock in ivermectin companies. Could be. Yeah. It seems pretty unlikely, but uh, the inverse of trying to promote something, maybe the goal could even be to damage something else. Oh, so to add a profit motive there, what if someone bought a whole bunch of shorts in Pfizer? Yep. Uh, selling a stock short is where you borrow the stock from someone else in the stock market, and then you sell them those shares immediately, and you promise to give them back. You don't promise to give them back at some price. You promise to give them back at whatever price. So if you can make the price drop in the meantime, you can make your money, you can make the difference between what you borrowed them at and what you returned them at. So if someone sold a bunch of Pfizer stock short, they could then be attacking Pfizer by plugging ivermectin, or just attacking the vaccine companies in general by plugging ivermectin. Yeah, that's not plausible, or that's not Im 
<laughs> that isn't implausible either. Yeah. But we have no evidence for it. No. Speculating. We just we know the the technical details. It's they're pretty obtainable for most people. I again, I think the hardest part would be coming up with enough yeah. writers to write the bullshit. We have the technical expertise sitting at this table with these microphones right now that we could set up all of these fake news websites. Yeah. In a week. Yeah, less than a week, I think. I gave us a week to be you know, give us time to dig up enough raspberry pies. Okay, fine. <laughs> But yeah, we could do that trivially. The, the writing, the, the bullshit's the hard part. And, but then like the motives is, yeah, a lot of heavy speculation there. Again, we have no proof, but these are things that could happen. Yeah, so just having a web page shouldn't give somebody credibility. It's too easy to set up a web page for whatever product, whatever thing. Just like we shouldn't look at a web page and presume that because it looks professionally written that it's real. Right. It's easy to get a WordPress theme, for example. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what WordPress is, just it's software that makes some web pages run. You can build a WordPress web page if you have a year worth of computer science experience at university. It's not it's not magically difficult. No. Blah. I wish our expertise with computers came up more often. I mean, we can probably work it in in more conversations than we do. Like, if only we could discuss some web page banning all the misinformation on its platform. <sighs> Okay. What do you mean? Well, maybe Amazon would get rid of all of those fake reviews. That would be great. Oh, they're trying. <sighs> I don't trust them, actually. For the listener, we have one more example of fake news. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. One more example of misinformation. Do you remember way back five or ten years ago when we could trust reviews on product pages on websites that sold us stuff? Yeah, I remember leaning on them pretty heavily and then... Yeah, it was great. Back when those reviews used to be, like, reliable, you could read a couple of the five-star reviews and then go read all the one-star reviews and know how your product was going to fail if it was going to fail. Yeah. Well, nowadays, they're all full of fake bullshit because when you buy something off Amazon, half the time you get a little card that says, leave a review, get a $10 gift card or whatever. So people leave a bunch of five-star reviews. Ugh. Well, Amazon has uh, reported that they've banned 600 different Chinese brands who are doing this nonsense. That's a quite a bit. To be completely ridiculous, right now I'm wearing a pair of underwear I bought off Amazon. Came with a promise for a $35 gift card if I left a five-star review. Okay. I left a one-star review and told them to go fuck themselves. Amazon removed it. Oh. <laughs> Probably because you used a bad word. Uh, maybe. Yeah. We got anything else? Don't think so. Keyboard noises go here. Incoming message noises as well. Thanks to Kaldar for video and graphics work. And thanks to AlphaWolf294 for transcription. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Our Patreon supporters at the Evidence Investigator level or higher include Jared, Duct Tape, Keldar, and Lazuri78. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. Copyright 2021, Blacktop Studios, Inc. Intro music was Slow by Pidex, used with permission.